Chapter 24 The Promised Land commences with a quote by Khalil Gibran. Luxury, the lust for comfort, that stealthy thing that enters the house as a guest and then becomes a host and then a master. The Crystal Cathedral megachurch complex is a towering 236 feet high, architecturally dazzling monument. Its grounds are grand and beautifully landscaped. But my must-see thing every time I visit is actually only about nine feet tall. Standing barefoot on a pile of rocks at the base of the Tower of Hope is a bronze statue of Moses. The sculptor has depicted a wild man with flowing beard and hair, muscular limbs and gnarled hands, each gripping a tablet of stone raised above his head. On the stones are carved the Ten Commandments, and Moses' expression shows that he is holding high a very serious message. An Israelite by birth, Moses actually spent 40 years as a prince of Egypt. It was during the nation's golden age, when King Tutankhamun's family dynasty ruled a vast empire. He wielded kingdom-building power and lived in absolute luxury. After a reflex action on behalf of a fellow Israelite that left an Egyptian buried in the sand, Moses was forced to spend the next 40 years hiding away in the wilderness, caring for a flock of sheep. That must have hurt. And then, with the returning swing of the pendulum, his final 40 years were spent leading millions of people, the Israelites whom God had released from Egyptian slavery under Moses' leadership, around that very same, very desolate wilderness. A hundred and twenty years of soaring on the heights and crawling in the valleys. A hundred and twenty years of struggling to know and obey God's will, even when he was so close. Moses was possibly the only man who ever actually saw the face of God and lived. He experienced both the poverty of a vagabond and the wealth of the pharaohs, Yet the author of Hebrews tells us that Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. Moses turned his back on the treasures of Egypt, and today he's enjoying the treasures of heaven, which is a whole lot better than being a shriveled up mummy in the Cairo Museum. The book of Deuteronomy is Moses' very last message to the Israelites just before they crossed over into the promised land. It includes a series of four sermons, the last public discourses by one of the greatest men who ever walked this planet. The Israelites were about to be blessed by God beyond their wildest dreams, literally. Think about it. Nearly every one of them had been born in a barren, lifeless desert. Their family was a nomadic tribe of wandering outcasts, they had lived on the exact same food day after day for decades. They had no place to call home other than their flimsy tents, which seemed to be packed on their camels as much as they were pitched, and they only had one pair of shoes and one set of clothes each. Now Moses is telling them that they are about to be blessed with everything, given it, for free, everything. Listen to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you, a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Entire cities 
Houses full of all sorts of goodies, fresh-flowing water supplies, vineyards and olive groves. All for free. No sweat. That is blessed. But the warning follows immediately in verses 11 and 12. When you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Even more details of the blessings are given a little later in Deuteronomy 8, 7-10. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. And the danger that the blessings can bring is outlined in chapter 8, 11 to 14. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, And when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. What a poignant warning for affluent Christians. Moses goes on to explain how this pride quickly leads to disobedience and disobedience leads to curses, all because of their reaction and their response to the mountain of blessings. By chapter 28, Moses is nearing the end of his final discourse. He is soon to climb Mount Horeb and die. The Israelites are about to miraculously walk straight through the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Moses gives his penultimate overview of the blessings that lie in store for them, and it's a beauty. Let's look at it in chapter 28, verses 1 to 14. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands that I give you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but will flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him. Then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season, and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. 
Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. Wow! And wow again! God is planning to bless the Israelites in a way that would make a billionaire's baby jealous. If, and it's a big if, they obey him, they're going to get every last thing that they could possibly desire, plus piles of things that they can't even think of. Cool! If we eat, that's a blessing, drink, another blessing, or whatever we do, to the glory of God, we are being obedient and will be further blessed. But wait, there's more. If we use our blessings for things other than what God wants us to, then we will be cursed, either now or in the future. What happens if God's chosen people receive all the blessings and then start to get proud, forgetful, self-confident or disobedient? What happens? I'll tell you what happens. 54 verses. 1,454 words of some of the most gruesomely detailed curses you could ever imagine. Cursed flocks, cursed herds, cursed fruit of your womb, cursed 24-7, confusion in all you do, destruction, sudden ruin, plagues, diseases, fever, inflammation, scorching heat, drought, blight, mildew, iron-hard soil, defeat. You will be carcasses, bird feed, wild animal dinners, boils from the soles of your feet to the top of your head, Tumours, festering sores, the itch, all incurable, madness, blindness, confusion of the mind, unsuccessful at everything you do, oppressed, robbed, without a rescuer, your fiancé will be raped, you will be cast from your home, cast from your farms, herds slaughtered before your eyes, sons and daughters sold as slaves, cruel oppression all your days, sights that drive you mad, worshipping gods of wood and stone, you will be a thing of horror, a byword an object of ridicule among all peoples. You will sow much, but harvest little. Locusts will devour it. Worms will eat your grapes. All your olives will drop to the ground. You will sink lower and lower. Foreigners will be the head and you the tail. And then in chapter 28, verses 47 and 48. Because you did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity, therefore in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve the enemies the Lord sends against you. And then it continues. Your cities will be under siege. Your trusted walls will fall. You will eat your newborn babies. You will eat the placentas and the children you bear. And you won't even share their flesh with your family. Living in constant distress, anxious minds, weary eyes, despairing hearts, dreading both day and night, terror in your hearts. And in verse 68, the Lord will send you back in ships to Egypt. On a journey I said you should never make again. There you will offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but no one will buy you. Silence. What can I say after a list like that? The Bible shows us that these curses may not occur overnight, or even in the disobedient person's own lifetime. But the curses from disobedience are just as certain as the blessings from obedience. Do I want even one of these curses? Do you? Do we want them for our children or grandchildren? 